You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode number 81 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to Living the Dream. I am so glad you're here. I have some great news, some exciting news. I have been asked to host another podcast. So bad news is I'm going to put this one on hiatus for a little bit. Now, you may be like, oh, Rory, I'm a listener. I want to keep listening to these conversations. Well, I'm going to be having conversations very similar to this on a podcast called Unscripted for the Geffen Playhouse. That's on a podcast network called Podcast One. And I have been kind of trying to figure out what I'm going to do with this podcast because now that I'm a dad, obviously doing a podcast on my own and not having any other help producing or editing or booking guests, recording, all of the above, has been a bit of a struggle, as you've probably noticed over the last six weeks since we've had uh, a child, I have definitely been struggling to get episodes out. So it kind of just came together, and I was asked by the Geffen Playhouse to take over hosting duties of their podcast that's already in progress. And they talk to a lot of great theater artists across the country and folks who are passing through the Geffen and and putting on productions there. It really makes a lot of sense. I'm very excited. I hosted an interview with Julia Sweeney last month, and we have a lot of guests lined up for this year. So I'll have some more information about that coming soon. But this is actually really great news because it means I can continue having great conversations with theater artists and have a support team, (laughs) have producers working with me. So I'm so excited. The only reason I am able to do this is because of you, because you all have been so supportive and have been listening over the years, um, for the last two years now. I mean, this is episode number 81. So it's incredible. I'm so grateful for you. And I promise that we're just going to put this one on a hiatus and we will come back to her. That's what we'll do. We'll come back to her. But I'm going to explore a little bit with uh, the Geffen Playhouse on the Unscripted podcast. Please go to Unscripted and become a subscriber there. That's where you can hear me doing these um, great interviews. So my interview today, though, on Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley is with Jackie Polk. Jackie and I go way back. This is another spelling bee friend. I have a lot of spelling bee friends lately. Sometimes my mind in booking guests is like, oh, yeah, yeah, this person who I worked with, this person. But this is a very convenient time to talk with Jackie. She's about to become a mom. She was on Broadway and had a successful career in theater, and she transitioned into business and now works in marketing at Hulu here in Los Angeles. She has such an incredible story. I love having conversations with people who went from acting and have used their skills as a theater artist to grow their dream. And that's really what we talk about uh, with Jackie is how your dream can expand and become something else. I've done that with some other guests in the past, and it's it's really the reason that I started this podcast is to have these kinds of conversations, not just with people who are currently on Broadway, but who have been 
and have found more fulfillment in in expanding their horizons. So this is my interview with the lovely, wonderful Jackie Polk. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Rory. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan, obviously. Oh. I'm a fan of you, so this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Mutual fanship. Yes, yes. We've known each other for many years now. I c- actually can't believe how many years um, since we were both uh, standbys in Spelling Beyond Broadway. Yeah, that was a long time ago now. That was back in, was that 2007? I think, That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. 12 years, right? <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was like 2006, 2007 around yes, that time. Yes, okay. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I know. And we were just kids. We, we were really just were. so young. But we didn't – I didn't feel like a kid at the time. No. But now looking we, back, I'm like, oh my. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We were just babies. We didn't – We. I think because of the kind of um, rigorous training programs and, and expectations that we had on ourselves in that situation, we felt like we had been working for a lifetime. To get to where we were, and one hundred percent, and yeah, we kind of had. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. I know that you started when you were quite young, and so did I. So yeah. it's, it, it it was a long time. It's so interesting how that kind of happens. But I just remember, you know, when we first met, and just how we just had so much fun. Uh, wow. That that experience was just a blast, and uh, you were obviously a huge part of uh, the reason that it was. Um, I have so many well, really silly pictures of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's a very unique experience being a standby and your group of, of standbys because you are at the theater every night waiting backstage to go on if, if need be. And you're rehearsing with your other standbys. You, you play multiple different roles. So you are kind of in your own little world and your, your own little group. I felt like we became really close very quickly. Yeah, we definitely had to. It's like your own little support system too. I mean, as much as, you know, obviously everyone on stage is so supportive of you, um, having just the backs of your other standbys, uh, was just so incredible. I mean, obviously we spent every Thursday, uh, doing the show together and, uh, we had to play a variety of different roles in those performances, um, uh, for just a small group of people. Um, but I think that those experiences, especially just being with that tight knit group and having that support is critical um, when you are then <laughs> taking the leap and going out and playing a role that say you haven't done in a couple weeks on stage. Right. Oh, it's so crazy. It's like leaping over the Grand Canyon. You're so scared of a falling and it seems impossible before you go out on that stage. But you just, you just miraculously, miraculously. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about, um, your journey to where you are today, but can you just tell us where you are? Cause right now you're in your office. I'm, you at, are, I'm at work. You are at work. <laughs> and I, I'm just so obsessed with what you do now and your journey to get there from when we were backstage waiting Aww. to go on at Spelling Bee. Like I'm, I have been following your journey and I'm so proud of you. And I think you're such an amazing <laughs> person. Uh, I'm so glad we get to hear your story, but let's, let's start at the end where you are today. <laughs> if you can, you can share sure. and then we'll go back and, and kind of tell people how you got there. So today I, uh, work, I work currently at Hulu on the marketing team, um, specifically on the content marketing team. And for, I think most people probably know what Hulu is, but for those who don't, it's a streaming service similar to Netflix. However, we have a lot of next day content as well as licensed content and, uh, films that we, you know, uh, show to about, I, I guess now I can say over 25 million subscribers. So wow. I work on marketing each show that is licensed that comes to Hulu and doing full marketing campaigns around those. And it's very challenging yet super creative and collaborative, very much like, uh, I guess putting a very tiny show together, um, (laughs) uh, as there are a lot of key players as there are in the arts, you know, as we all know. Uh, so 
it's always a lot of stakeholders that we're dealing with, um, but it's really interesting and fun and uh, every day is very different, which I'm sure is something that I'll hit on later um, as we go and I talk about the challenges that I had with acting. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so that's where I am right now as we speak. It's so incredible and I can only imagine how many how how much you bring to the table of your job now because of your background um as an actress and on stage and just you have such a great personality um and <laughs> you're able to communicate in a way that I'm sure it has really brought you so far in your new industry. It's so interesting because like, like I thought it I remember during my transition, I remember thinking, what have I done? Why did I take ballet in undergrad? Um, <laughs> I've really set myself up to not be able to do other things. And it's so interesting because while the hard skills are so important on a day-to-day basis of what I do, the soft skills of being able to have, you know, empathy in an office and um, be able to work cross-functionally all the time with people and listen um, and react and respond um, is all the things that I learned as an actor. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's something that I use every, almost like every minute here in an office. And I, and I think that, um, there's no, it's only added to the value that I can bring on top of the other skills, I guess, that I've learned. Uh, so it's actually been what I, I kind of now am very pleased about. I'm so happy. It, It feels like an asset. Um, when yeah. at some point it, you know, earlier I felt like it was hurting me, but it's actually the opposite. So for anyone yeah. who ever wants to shift or adapt what they're doing, you can always take, you know, a combo platter of things that you've learned in the past and, and apply it to moving forward. I love a good combo platter. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my dream. <laughs> Um, okay. So let's, let's go to the beginning now. Um, so you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Virginia, Northern Virginia, right outside of DC, Uh which was Mm -hmm. such a fun place to grow up. Uh, it's so culturally diverse. There were so many fun museums that my parents used to take me to, uh, and great theater too. Incredible theater. I mean, the signature theater is there. Um, the Kennedy center is where I, started performing as a young girl because I started as a dancer. Uh, so it was just, um, it was really a fantastic place to grow up in terms of uh, the experiences in that way. Um, for me personally, in schooling, uh, it wasn't my first pick, mainly because I think I had gone to public school and I just uh-huh. wasn't necessarily feeling like I was getting what I needed um, during the day. But all of mm-hmm. my extracurriculars were just the best. <laughs> yeah. So... So how did you end? So, so you, you, you obviously were turned on to dance and, and theater from an early age, but when did you decide that that's what you wanted to do in college? Oh, it was immediate. I mean, I decided really? I wanted to do it before college. I decided in middle school when I actually went to Interlochen. Um, oh, okay. I, so I went to camp and I had like the best summer of my life, um, doing West Side Story in 1999. Um, Mm. With so many friends, folks that are still friends um, now, which is incredible uh, and so wild to think about. Um, and so many folks who are in that show together are still acting, and it's it's so it's so fun to see them all. Um, yeah. So um, I went back to my school after that. And I was just like, wow, I didn't realize that experience really opened my eyes entirely. It was Hmm. so interesting being around people who it wasn't just theater, you know, it was so interesting being exposed to people who were so interested in classical music, in visual arts. It was just a full, the full breadth and depth of um, the arts there. And that it was right. the whole summer changed my life. I went back home and I think my parents were like, Oh no, she's sad. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get to do that anymore. Right. Um, and at the time I, um, I was really, I was very brave. I, <laughs> I remember I, 
I kept asking my parents, you know, about going away to boarding school uh, because mm-hmm. I really wanted to do theater in high school. Um, right. so my parents were so kind, uh, I'm an only child and they were so kind and they let me go across the country all the way to school in California where I went to Idlewild Arts Academy. Oh yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah. I that you went there. Yeah. So wow. I went there and it was, that was another life changing experience for me just because it was so wild just being alone, like by yourself in high school, just in feeling, uh, feeling that maturity even though you're not um but you, i i felt yeah. it i felt it I, I felt so um responsible for my own life in so many different ways uh being at boarding school in that way and all of the choices that i made you know were mine uh right. which was really fantastic um and so i majored in theater there so we would do like you know we would actually we would have regular classes during the day like english and history and the professors were incredible um and just, they were just, I, I adored them all. Um, and the classes there, I just, I've got so much more out of it. Um, and then, you know, we'd go to like, do your theater stuff later in the day. And then you'd go to a creative writing show that like your roommate wrote something really cool. And it was so fun. Every night was like that. Completely surrounded by what you loved. 100%. And learning so much in so many different arenas from so many different people who had such deep passion for what they do. And wow. it was absolutely, it was such a rich experience. And how, how old were you when you got there? Was it for junior, senior year or what? Yes. I okay. went just to the last two years of high school. So like exactly. uh, 16, 17, 17, 18. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I just think that's, it's amazing because I totally get the, you know, I went to a conservatory for college, but it had to be so scary at 16 years old to go across the country to about as far away from, from DC as you can get in, in the United States and, and do this. So you really, I think I that, wanted it so yeah, bad. Yeah, clearly, clearly. And I was really unafraid. Like yeah. I said, I was really brave. At that time, I just yeah. would have no problem putting myself in those types of situations and just going for it. Um, so, so when it came time to go to college, you were like, yes, I want more of this. Exactly. Exactly. And I found it really hard, actually, to find the right school for me because a lot of schools, I felt like I was, and this is no dig to any schools out there. I just felt that a lot of the classes I was watching, I was like, that I would sit in. I'd say, oh, well, you know, this actually is like, this was like my junior level class that I was taking it, you know, at Idlewild. For sure. Um, So I really wanted something that was going to take me to obviously the next level and really push me. And I wanted to be and have that kind of scared feeling again of being like, oh boy, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so I found, uh, or I ended up going to... University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, so a conservatory as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, CCM, as some people refer <laughs> to it. Go Bobcats? Um, Is it Bobcats? <laughs> Bearcats. So bear close. Cats, bear cats. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bear named Bob somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, talk about scary. That was, I was terrified. I was absolutely petrified uh, to go there. Uh, so I knew it was right. Um, <laughs> Isn't that, let, let's talk about that for a second though. Isn't that funny? Cause that's something just in general in life that if you're scared of something in that way, you know, you have to do it. Isn't that the worst? Because you're like, great. I gotta absolutely do it. the worst. Well, cause you're going to kick yourself if you don't. Yeah. It's like thinking about, it's thinking about, it's putting your future self first. Right. And saying, all right. All right, buck up. You got this. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but it, t- it takes a certain a certain personality to know that you can't just play it safe in this situation. You have to throw yourself into the fire, and you know that's kind of what it takes to to be in our business or to have you know an exciting life for sure. One hundred percent. And I think that especially like when you are a younger person and you're interested in theater and performing, you do have, like, you have those experiences already of, you know, hardships and not getting certain roles. So you, it's kind of ingrained in you already that 
to be able to get to the place and next level that you want to, you, you have to kind of have to throw your ego to the wind and you kind of have to go for it. Right. So you, you are at school at CCM and it's an intense program. Did you find the same excitement or was the level of pressure a lot more? What did it feel like? It was a lot more. Um, yeah. So they actually, at the time that I was there, I don't know if they still do this, but at the time that I was there, they used to, um, and I don't know a better way to say this, but they used to cut people right. after uh, certain periods in time um, of their tenure there. And so we would have to do these essentially like performance reviews um, in front of professors and the rest of our class. Right. Uh, oh, you're kidding. You had to do it in front of the rest of the class? Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Yikes. I know. That was the part that I hated the most. And at the end, people were asked to leave. Um, well, it wasn't, they weren't asked, you weren't asked like in front of anyone. You would just right. perform and then you would get like a letter or something saying that if you, you know, how your performance was, I think, uh, valued by the group of teachers afterward. Right. Um, but my first one, I didn't, I didn't pass. And so, I was then kind of on a probational period. Um, and uh, if I had, you know, not passed the second, then I would have been let go from the school. And so that freshman year, I mean, it was extreme pressure. Um, right. I had actually deferred <laughs> a couple of schools at the time mm -hmm. um, because I was like afraid of that happening. Right. Um, so uh, I had like another school in my back pocket, but at the same time, I was really focused to make sure that, you know, I wasn't going to let be let go because I didn't want that to happen, obviously. Right. But, you know, when you're faced, you're 18 years old and you're like, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, on top of like going to actual, like getting actual grades and keeping all of that up, you know, and then also, you know, it's kind of a blow, you know, and your whole, like the whole class knows who's, right. you know, on probation and who's not. So that okay. also doesn't feel great. Um, again, I don't know if they still do this. Um, but at the time, I think that it actually was looking back, it actually was really good. It caused me to really dig even deeper and focus more on myself. I but, just, but I can't really imagine a more focused and genuinely uh, hardworking person than you. I mean, we worked <laughs> together and I knew how how dedicated you were. And maybe that's a result of your time at CCM. But, you know, for me, I, I think that a lot of these cut cutting situations and programs are being phased out because it doesn't really foster a lot of creativity, maybe a lot of drive, but I don't know how you really can be in a safe, creative spot, which is what college should be. If you ask me, if to kind of find yourself and f figure out who you are as an artist, when you're afraid you're just going to get asked to leave, you know, like, I think that's, I think that's tough. And I, I totally oh. get the benefit of it. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who aren't as driven as, as you are, but you know, I think it has a no, lot of bad what, consequences but, too. But I think that when I like was digging deep Rory and I was really looking more into myself, yeah. it was those moments where I was, this was the first time in my whole life where I said, wow, well, maybe I should try something else. Huh. Like it started bubbling there. That's where it started. Right. Um, right. Because I was like, well, maybe, you know, and it wasn't coming out of like an insecurity of yeah. I can't do this. It was, huh, well, hmm, okay, let me think a little bit more and about what I really want to do. Right. And I'm sure you've heard many people say, uh, you know, if there is ever a time or if there is anything that ever interests you, you other than acting, you should do that. Yeah. Uh, people say that quite frequently. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think it was like truly just starting to happen there for me because I was like, wow, so this doesn't just feel like just like a safe space. This is, this could be what it feels like in reality. And I need to know like, am, how, am I okay with that? Or is this going to be it for me? And so there was a lot of back and forth. Um, ultimately I was, I, I did graduate from the school, uh, and I obviously still, you know, 
loved performing uh, and grew to love it even more throughout my uh, four years there. Um, but it, 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 it was not easy. It was not yeah. easy. Um, there were t- many times where I was constantly questioning a lot, a lot. So yeah. um, I think that that, it started brewing there for me and um, yeah. And then it kind of only expanded when I got into, when I got to New York. Really? So yeah, but you had such, you really had early success when you got to New York. I mean, in terms, you, you were a part of really cool projects and you were able to be on Broadway at a young age. What- I mean, I, I, I was so, I couldn't have been more fortunate before I even graduated. I had a show that was supposed to be, it was a pre-Broadway show called Princesses. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did it at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. And um, I remember I got the show, I think on my spring break before I graduated. I think we hadn't even done our showcase yet. Um, And I was so surprised and shocked that I even got it. I think that the, I'm sure the casting director was like afraid for my safety when she told me, cause I was <laughs> so excited. Um, I was just so surprised. Like, yeah. I was genuinely surprised because um, it was like an open call that I went to. Wow. Um, I didn't have an agent at that time. Um, so, and then I was like, Oh my God, pre Broadway. I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, the show obviously never made it to New York, but I mean, I got to perform I mean, Lindsay Mendez, Patty Murin. That's where I met all those girls. We were yeah. all in this show together. Yeah. It was just, it was so fun. We've had, um, um, Patty Murin on, on the podcast before and talked about it oh a little bit. Gosh. It's, it, it definitely seemed, and I remember I didn't get to see it, but I remember hearing so much about it and it kind of felt like a really special, um, moment that was, you know, launching so many of you into a next part of your career, which is really a big deal in your early 20s. You know, I mean, it really felt that way. And my, was I wasn't getting a- launched into anything at my temp job at the financial firm, you know, like this was, this was <laughs> but you were, you were, <laughs> but I was, you yes. were learning things. You I just was. didn't feel like exactly, exactly. <laughs> But you, but you were able to be a part of something new and learn how to create a Broadway show, which again, you know, going to what you're currently doing, I think that musical theater is the most collaborative art form there is because there are yes. so many different departments and you have to know how to be a team player. And, you know, that's a great skill to have at 22. At anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you, so did you get Spelling Bee pretty soon after that? Well, what happened was I ended up, so we did Princesses. It ended up not, you know, making its way across the States um, to New York. And I got uh, the Hairspray tour. So I went on the Hairspray tour pretty soon thereafter. The tour closed. I remember I was standing in line. I had auditioned a bunch of times for Spelling Bee and not gotten it. Um, and they were casting the tour and I didn't get the tour and I was pretty sad. I was pretty devastated because I really wanted to do it. And I remember standing in line with my boyfriend at the time. I had just won and I've never won anything in my life. I had just won the rent lottery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I had never seen it. I'd never seen rent. Um, and my agent called me and said, Jackie, are, are you free? in two weeks. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm very free. You know this. Um, and she was like, do you want to be a vacation swing at spelling bee? And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, are you, could this day get any better? I just won the lottery rent and I'm getting my Broadway show. Are you serious? Um, so, uh, that was like summer of 2000 and I think seven, 2006, no, 2006. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so summer of 2006. And so I just stepped in for a couple of weeks to do the show. And I actually ended up going on. Wow. Um, I was only there for two weeks and I, uh, I had to perform, but it was scheduled. So that was nice. So my parents got to fly in and see the show. Yeah. Um, and then Kate Weatherhead ended up leaving a couple of months later to go to, I believe, Legally Blonde. And I stepped in for her. Wow. So that was it. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, that's, that's, it's just so funny because that, that's how things, how quickly things happen, especially when you're young. I feel like, you know, when you're young in the business and a couple of things line up, it's like all of a sudden you're thrown into the fire and you just have to 
use all that training, you know, all that fear that you had at CCM, you know, you're right. It's like you had to show up and the stakes were really high. You had to perform in front of your fellow students, your fellow classmates, and you you had to nail it. So, you know, in a way, I suppose those kind of intense things in school really do prepare you. I I feel like for me, it was a very different situation because I was, I was a, a few more I, I definitely had a lot more time to prepare, I feel like, because I was taking over for Todd Bonapane when he was on a, an extended leave. So I just can't imagine only being there for two weeks and having to kind of prove myself. But you it did. It was wild. I remember, do you remember the stairs we used to have to walk up yeah. to come out? Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's such an out-of-body experience that like that first time you do something like that, especially yeah. after not really letting it sink in of what's happened to you. Yeah. I remember walking up the stairs and I had, a, I was, I had, it was so nice. It was so nice. There were so many people that came to see the show, so many friends and um, family there and everyone's face. They looked at me like, I, I just, I'll never forget the way that they, I don't even know if I can describe the word. It was almost like I hadn't realized what I had accomplished, but like looking back at them, it kind of made it real in that yeah. moment. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was uh, it was a really beautiful moment. And I mean, that show just continued to have those for me. Yeah. Um, there, there were so many. There yeah. were so, so many. I, I, it gave a lot of people their equity cards, their, mom- their Broadway debuts. And it was really a great training ground for a whole generation of Broadway folks. It was. It totally was. And it was super fun at the same time. Um, I mean, I just remember, I just remember uh, so many incredible moments that we had. And uh, we were so fortunate. Uh, We were so fortunate to be with such a, just, it was, it was like such a great group of people as well. It wasn't, you know, I felt like just being in that green room there. I just remember just like listening to some of the conversations, like while sitting on the couch. And I was like, this is just, this is, I, I feel like I'm not even just like learning so much from being on stage and doing these roles, but also just like from these people who've had such diverse experiences yeah. in the world. Yeah. Now you had other successes on Broadway. You were in Hairspray on Broadway. I saw you as Penny. <laughs> I will never forget the day. I think I've told you this a million times, but when I, the day that I saw you as Penny on Broadway in Hairspray was April 22nd, 2008. And the reason I remember that is because afterwards I went on a blind date with a gentleman and his name was Gerald and I'm married to him now and we have a child. So so (laughs) I will always remember that, that I was like, oh, I'm seeing my friend in a show. You know, it was like I was trying to be cool because I had a friend at a Broadway show. You had things to do. Yeah. You were busy. Exactly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I I always remember that. But so you you had other successes and tell me when your thought process that that lingering in the back of your mind like there are other things out there when that started to change into a reality of you wanting to pursue them sure i I think that it i mean it it was still kind of always it was still always under the surface even at spelling bee it was there and then i remember when i went back so it it felt like i was kind of going back to hairspray um for me because i had done the show already not in new york um but on tour and I remember going to it and just feeling like this is so I'm so grateful for this experience. I'm so incredibly grateful. But at the same time, I've done this. I've been yeah. here and, you know, I I want to keep going forward. And I didn't feel like I had that forward motion. Right. Um, so it was it was throughout Hairspray that it really felt to me. You know, and and I think that a lot of it, it's so interesting as a kid learning and loving theater and growing up in that world. I it was just everything was so magical to me, yeah. and not that it wasn't magical at all on Broadway because it certainly is. Um, and um, but for me specifically, the challenge of doing the same thing every day mm-hmm. um, and having the same, you know, listening to the same music and finding and breathing life into that and what that means. Didn't we wasn't... have a rule while we were in Spelling Bee that backstage nobody could sing along with the music that was playing yeah. over the intercom? 
because <laughs> yeah. you find yourself just automatically doing it or harmonizing what's yeah. happening on stage. And it was like, no, we cannot do that. We, it's we it'll dr- to- we'll drive ourselves insane. <laughs> So I just ate a bunch of chocolate, I think right, is what I did right, instead. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's monotonous. And it I is. think that you you know, I there are some some people who are some incredibly talented people who I saw leave the business um in their twenties and I'm not trying to take away from those of us or people who have stayed in the business uh in, in the in, as actors. However, there's a similarity that you all have. You're all incredibly smart <laughs> and you're incredibly hardworking. And I think that that you could see the writing on the wall of what the business is, even at its best, that it's very similar and it's doing the same thing over and over again. And clearly, as we've just seen from what you said your your younger high school years were you wanted to challenge yourself constantly and sometimes even in the most the the biggest sense of being on broadway it's not the kind of challenge that someone like you needs and so it's not as satisfying I, i don't know if that's exactly what it is for you but i know some other people who who left and became teachers in public schools because they were like i need to show up to work every day. And a lot of times I feel like I'm just waiting as an actor, Mm. even when you have the job. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that you uh, worded that so eloquently and that's absolutely how I felt. 100%. I almost felt like, wow, uh, why didn't anyone tell me it was going to be or feel like this? Right. Um, I didn't, you know, because my goal as my dream as a young girl was to be a dancer on Broadway. And, um, I never thought about how, oh, you know, well, when you're in a long running show, you know, you do the same show eight times a week and that's, it's fantastic and beautiful and it does morph and change. Um, but it might feel like it's, it's a subtle shift. Um, so, um, I think that when we're kids, we think I'll be in book of Mormon for the one month, then I'll be in hairspray for two months. And then I'll, you know, (laughs) like you think I'll just hop around. Yeah, which sounds great and fun. And if that was the case, sign me up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that sounds great. Um, but no, absolutely. You're 100% right about like finding that next challenge. And so I think while I was in Hairspray, uh, there was, and it was, uh, it was an interesting time in the world as well. Um, the end of like the Bush years. Um, so, uh, there was a lot going on politically. Right. And um, I was very interested in sustainability and the environment. And that had always been something that I was always interested in, um, just kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was an initiative at the time called Broadway Goes Green. It's now called the Broadway Green Alliance. Right. Um, but it was in its very early, early stages. And uh, so I had the chance to do some work through that. And it was so different than acting, obviously. Um, and just being a part of those types of conversations uh, was thrilling. Um, it was just so different than anything I'd ever done. And I really appreciated it so much. And I thought it really got me just, it really just got all the wheels in my head spinning about all the things that I could do and where it could go from there and what that would mean for me. And so, uh, I decided that when, when the show closed, um, and, uh, I decided to really take that as a, as a leap and, uh, go do something else for myself. So it was not like the biggest leap because I still had another show um, that was going to be a little bit of a smaller show that was happening um, at a later date that uh, was supposed to happen. Um, but so I was decide what I decided to do was take a trip out to LA and uh, kind of explore some things out here and uh, get a little bit more cued into um, what the world of sustainability looked like in really in Los Angeles, which was at the time the leader of that whole space. So, um, I landed, um, I remember landing in LA in January of, I think 2009. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a voicemail from my agent who was saying that the show that was supposed to happen three months later was canceled. 
And so um, I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so, hmm. <laughs> so I decided to kind of take my trip and my time a little bit. I think I could, you could say I took it even more seriously than I probably yeah. would have. Right. So um, I ended up getting um, some really interesting jobs out here working um, in that kind of sustainability field. I realized that I wanted a little bit more formal training and I love school. Like I, I love school so much. If I could be in school forever, I know that that sounds, you know, uh, well, I you would. like I learning just, and you like I having do. a challenge and you like having a new challenge and I do. education is that's exactly that's, what that that's is. That's it. That's it. So I decided to go to business school. Um, I knew that for me, um, going to business school would uh, just provide me with a little bit more of a broader depth of like a broader um, sense of the world and also just like have a nice foundation of knowledge that I didn't have before because right. um, I had considered other things like law school and things like that. But I felt like they were a little too specialized for someone who didn't really know what they wanted to do quite yet. Right. So and I decided to go to part time school because I wanted to have as many different experiences during the day that I could. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's why I did that, uh, kind of part-time education takes a little bit longer. Um, but, uh, I think it was actually 1 million percent worth it. So I, I started, I was working, um, I started actually working in politics a little bit. And, um, <laughs> when I, uh, was doing that, I kind of decided to expand even further and uh, from sustainability and the environmental work that I was doing, because I was then interested in women's issues. And um, being in LA, we were working a lot with uh, entertainment. Uh, we, were, we were working on tech um, with Silicon Valley. And so there was a lot going on. Um, and this was during the Obama years when I worked in the Senate. Uh, so it was really fascinating and interesting to be a part of that world. Um, it was a little negative, uh, <laughs> to was put it? it lightly, really? um, uh, at that time, hmm. um, during the Obama years. So I can't even really imagine what it's like now. Right. Um, but we were just faced with so many obstacles. Um, uh, it was very, very tough, but I did work for probably, you know, just such an incredible, uh, woman, Senator Feinstein, uh, who taught me so many things. Uh, she is probably one of the smartest people that I had ever met. Um, she, just the way that she asks questions, um, so thoughtfully and, uh, she really taught me to anticipate, <laughs> yeah. anticipate those questions, which only kind of led to me, um, hopefully, uh, growing even further. But I miss entertainment, Rory. I really did. I miss yeah. like the fun. I miss right. the fun. Because well, politics is definitely a theater of its own. And sometimes they're more dramatic than than entertainment. So it's not, it's like it's not too far from oh, it. Yeah. But but you felt that draw of wanting to be back in the entertainment world. I think that at a certain level, it definitely has that like dramatic flair to it. But when you're the person who's executing certain things or you're right. an aide, it's a little bit different. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I definitely miss it. And, but what I'll, what I'll say that I miss the most that you talked about earlier from musical theater is the collaboration. Yeah. Uh, that, that piece was what I kind of, I, I like needed that I needed to feed off of that. And I'm sure that so many people who, you know, transition from theater, um, to other, uh, roles and in other industries probably feel that as well. Cause it's just, it's, it, it, there's nothing like it. There's really nothing like it. Yeah. Um, so it was something that I pushed myself really hard to do um, and get a job in entertainment. I, I was fortunate to still be in school at the time. So there were a lot of resources for me that I was able to uh, utilize. And I ended up at Sony. I worked at Sony for a couple of years uh, working in their uh, marketing department and I worked there <laughs> through the big hack that they had. Right. I don't know if you remember hearing about that. Yes. But that was well. I lived down the street. I ran into you once on your oh, lunch yeah, that's break. Right. Yeah. So I live in Culver City, right down the street from Sony. And I ran into you on a lunch break, and you were just <laughs> leaving. But yeah, so I know a lot about about Sony, and they had a hack from North Korea, right? Wasn't that? 
it, yeah, I mean, it was, that was such a crazy, crazy time. I still can't even wrap my head around like that. That was actually real. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was actually truly devastating because I loved working there so much. It was yeah. so fulfilling and, um, talk about creative. I mean, we were given so much autonomy, um, to do so many fun things, uh, across the board. Like we made music videos, like for, for a, you know, a piece of television, you know, right. it was just, it was so fun. And this is so all in marketing. Things. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So at the time I was working on shows like comedians and cars getting coffee while it was still through Sony at the time. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't on Netflix at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, getting to work with people like Jerry Seinfeld was, uh, yeah. was fantastic, obviously. Um, and getting to learn, um, about, what it's like to work with people at that level. Um, and you know how incredible they are and just, it it was fantastic. So I I had no, I really was quite devastated to have to leave the company, but it just, it was something that again, the writing was on the wall, um, for that one. It was just, uh, there, the challenges again, that were, we were faced with were not challenges that are work challenges like, oh, you know, I, or I didn't, it wasn't anything about me not liking the job. It was, oh no, like we don't have laptops and you know, it was things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty major. Um, But so let me, let me ask you as somebody who's been in between jobs or figuring out what job comes next as an actor, what's the difference between that? And now, like you've had, you've had a few jobs in this, in this realm and you can piece together work and it's obviously a lot more stable, but what are the differences of, of looking for work and, and basically just, you know, going to work every day? Um, well, looking for work, I think it's always easier to look for work when you have a job. Yes. Um, and I don't like saying that, but it's actually true. It's just a, it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that the big piece that's different is confidence. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times when you're an actor, you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there, obviously, a lot more as an actor. So you're getting rejected more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, uh, some people feel like, you know, kind of rolls off their back a little bit easier. And some people, you know, it goes the other way and they feel that rejection a little bit deeper. Um, because they're experiencing it more with something like what I do now, it's rare. It's, it's not as, it doesn't happen as often. I don't have to look for a job as often. Thank goodness. Just based on the sheer fact of, um, the industry that I work in. But again, it's, I've looked for jobs, you know, I've had, uh, four entertain, four entertainment jobs. So, and it's not easy at any time to ever have to look for a job. Um, but it's just something that I think that you kind of get used to. Um, and you kind of know how to package yourself a little bit more as you get older and more comfortable with yourself and who right. you are. And you do kind of realize they always say this. They don't, I don't remember them saying this as an actor at all, but when you go for a job companies like that, I, you know, you know, like, like, like a Hulu or something like that. Like when you come into interview, they say things like, you know, just remember you're interviewing us too. Right. You know, remember it's both ways. Like if you don't want to, you know, if you're not going to fit culturally here, hmm. you know, really think about that. And like, that's not the case for acting. No. Cause it's like, no, there's a thousand people behind you. You're, you're out you don't door. like it. Get out. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, I was like, I've literally had three auditions today that I yeah. will not get. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm like, oh no, I know I won't, I won't get those. And that's okay. That's just to me, it's just like building up. Rep, uh, relationships with different people around town, but I would I just kind of fantasize about mm-hmm. having just one job interview or a couple going to a place and being able to work for years. It's why I probably was able to stay with Book of Mormon for a couple of years, Hamilton for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could stay at a company or like or stay at a show the way you can stay at a company, you know, I probably would be staying for a, a decade, but you'd, you'd go insane. Um, <laughs> Some people just, do it. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I think that it, it's, it's the, the most fascinating thing to me about your, your story is the courage that it takes and the confidence that it takes. And you are such a lovely, um, 
You have such a great personality, but there is definitely a confidence that you have because you are willing to do the work and you know that about yourself. That's what I think it is because I remember you being so good as a standby. You were always prepared and ready to go at a moment's notice and doing doing a, 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 a getting your business degree part-time while doing all these jobs while working for a senator that is incredibly hard that is incredibly hard work and i just think that it's so impressive one well thank you but but uh, but also like how how you were able to give yourself the ability to have permission to do these things is kind of amazing because i think there are a lot of people who are in our industry who don't let themselves stray from their laser beam focus of the same thing that they've been trying to do forever. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I, I, I guess, what do you say to those people who are a little afraid to, to do that, to try something else? Oh, man. Well, I first I go for it because uh, you, you have to try. You just have to. Uh, otherwise, you'll never know. Um, but to get to that point, what I'd say is if they're so interested in acting and, and what that means, the main, a main part of being an actor is being adaptable, right, to so many different things, so many different things. Um, as, as you're taking on different roles, as you're going from, you know, like you said, three auditions today, that's insane. And you're also super resilient. So because to be able to do that is it's most people in the world can't do that. They don't have, they don't have the, um, they don't have the guts to do that. So I think that if you have what it takes to do that, you have to know that you truly can do anything. And I know that it feels like probably that sounds kind of cheesy. Um, but if you're self-motivated enough to be able to get yourself through that and push yourself, um, to be an actor, uh, I think that honestly, (laughs) anything is easier. Anything. Yeah. It really is. It really is. The hardest part I think is finding what it is, Right. what that next step is for you. Um, because I think that there are so many things when I talk to a lot of people, um, uh, I'm like a, um, what's the word, uh, an advisor to some of the students at, Uh, the business school now where I went at UCLA and, you know, they struggle with wanting to shift careers and it's a little different for them because it's like, they're like, do I do finance or do I go into, you know, entertainment? And it's like, well, um, (laughs) uh, first off, there's so many different options. Like there's so many different things that anyone can do out there that it's like, we're almost paralyzed by this, this, uh, this choice that we have. So I think once you can narrow it down, Really focus yourself, super duper focus yourself, hyper focus yourself, um, get as prepared as you can and go for it. Um, take that leap of faith in yourself. And if you don't like it, it, it you can go always go back. Right. You can always go back. Like yeah. I still think about like, I fantasize about like, oh, it'd be so fun to do like a, a one night only kind of show. Um, right. right. <laughs> and it would, it really would. Um you can always go back. It will always be there. Um, right. Everything will always be there. Um, but you'll never know if you don't kind of go for it. So I'd say that those two words that I said, like adaptability and resilience, just remind yourself that that is like the core of who you are. And uh, you got this. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think that it's true. You know, like if you can survive through um, open calls and <laughs> and putting yourself out there as an actor, you certainly can figure out how to put yourself out there in in the the business world or in in other other ways that you're passionate about. So just be open to it. I think that's so great. And when um, you asked me, when you asked me that, I have to say this: when you asked me to do this, like I because I've listened to the podcast, yeah, um, now um, a bunch. I I was like, oh, it's about living the dream, like as an actor. Hmm. Uh, living the dream, living the dream. Hmm. And then it's like so funny because I've been thinking about it more and more over the last week of yeah. what that means and how living the dream. Yeah. My dream as a 
six-year-old girl was to be a dancer on Broadway. And yeah. it was the same for a couple of years. But then like in my late 20s, it started to shift and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be in politics and then I wanted to do something else. And then I wanted to do, it's constantly shifting as, yes. as we morph. So it's like the dream is ever evolving. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You Okay, you are the reason I do this podcast. That's exactly, <laughs> yes, you are absolutely the perfect guest because I am trying to have a discussion with artists about how our dream evolves and that if we just cling on to what our dream was when we were 15 and think that it's just this one thing about winning a Tony and and that's it, then we're going to miss out on so many wonderful things in life. And there are many different ways that our creativity and our tools as theater performers can be uh, put in out into the world. And 100%. Yeah, no. And it can be your goal as a, you know, uh, to get that Tony can, if that's still your goal when you're, you know, 45, um, that's totally great and cool. Um, I think that it's when people judge themselves about like feeling badly of like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not doing what I said I was going to do when, you know, I was a little kid. It's okay. You yeah. didn't know every, you, you were yes. always learning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly, exactly. Like not just in talking to you, I think you're such an excellent example of that. But I think even, you know, people who have won Tony's are, are trying to figure that out as well, you know, and trying to figure out what else life has to offer because, you know, the, the business is what it is and it's, it, it does kind of repeat itself and, you're going to have to need you. You have to expand uh, who you are and what your dream is as as soon as you accomplish a piece of that. So I don't know. I, I think that that's why you're such a perfect person to have on this podcast. You are expanding your dream even more so in the near future. I don't know if we can talk about it, but oh, we can you're going to have a new it. role as a mama. <laughs> Yes, I mean I'm actually literally expanding um, as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, you are. And you, you are, you are my inspo. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to call you all the time and be like, Rory, help me. <laughs> What's so great is that we, um, over the last year, especially, um, we've gone out to these really nice restaurants with our husbands. You, you, and your husband Spencer are, are like foodies. You know where to go. My husband knows where. <laughs> I have, I have no class. I, I just go wherever you guys take me, and I that love all the food. <laughs> no, it's so true. What, wait, where's that great place that you took us, took me to downtown and Gerald oh, Menace? Oh, oh my God, Bavel. that was so good. Oh, and, see, I don't remember anyone's names. And I know that, you know, and then there was that famous chef, that woman came in. She oh, was eating Nancy. there too. Nancy yeah. Silverton. Oh, we bow, Nancy's, we bow down to her. <laughs> yes. But she walked by and I very loudly like went, oh, hey, it's that lady or something. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are like, oh my God, what a loser. I, no, no, we were I, not thinking that at all. We I, loved it. Yeah, well, <laughs> and she loved it. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, <laughs> I we have so much fun, but now we're going to have to have fun with, with our babies. Our babies are going to be friends. They're going to be, they're so close in age. They it's are. It's amazing. They are. Well, we're going to have to do a lot of takeout uh, at our homes, I think, in the, in the yes. future. But that's, that's my, that's my living the dream right now. Yeah. <laughs> takeout at home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's been great. You're going to enjoy the, um, no, I can't come aspect of things. It's kind of nice to, to just be at home and make a family. Um, that's what we are. I'm actually shocked that we, I haven't heard um, my son crying in the background here because he was very fussy today. Um, but he's 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 in a nap right now, so it was perfect timing. But he's I'm the cutest. He's a sweetie pie. Um, I am so. I just I really look up to you. I always have. I think that what you've done over the last decade is astounding. It's tremendous, and. I think the the courage that it took to do what you said to expand your dream into something more than what it was when you were a, a kid is kind of like the key to life to enjoying life because we all need to constantly keep expanding our dream and you have done so many cool things in such a short period of time at such a young age and I know you will continue to and I can't wait to follow along I'm a very big fan 
Oh, well, thank you, Rory. What an honor to be here and hopefully help some people who are listening along the way um, at whatever stage they're at. If you're questioning things, just know it's okay. You got this. You're awesome. All right. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.